Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is now June 26th, 2023. Welcome to Fightful. We're here to talk your AEW Forbidden Door post show. We got a special guest with us tonight. He hosts Grapsity every Saturday along with Righteid Reg is, is what I understand he's going by these days. Uh, you can catch him on Ask Grapsity on FightfulSelect.com this week as well. We got Phil here. Phil, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. Uh, really good show. It was a really good show. It was a really good show. Uh, AEW is on a bit of a hot streak lately, it's felt like. They're about to just do some crazy stuff, like Forbidden Door, obviously, sellout, big show. We had reported some news about Blood and Guts on Fightful Select today. They got all in. They officially announced All Out in your neck of the woods again. Uh are you getting tired of that at all, Phil? Like, are, are you of the camp that says they should just get the hell out of Chicago? Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> all of these people that think every year All Out is going to be somewhere else. I don't know why you guys do this to yourselves every year. All Out is going to be in Chicago. It's a tradition at this point. It's not going anywhere else. I wish they would stop doing holiday weekends is what I, I wouldn't mind if they were in Vegas and Chicago as much if they weren't always Memorial Day and Labor Day weekend, which this year flights were actually pretty affordable for Chicago what, that I look for, but it's never going to be affordable for, for Vegas, Vegas on yeah. Memorial Day weekend. So yeah. I was very, very happy to see that. Like I'm looking up flights and stuff for Chicago and it's like 150, 175 bucks. I was like, hell yeah, that's possible. But that Vegas stuff is, is just wild. We're going to talk about all of it. We're going to zoom through zero hour a little bit. But guys, leave a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe. We're heading towards 100,000. Get your super chats. Get your humper chats in. If you don't know what humper chats are, go over to humperchats.com. That allows you to leave your question or statement either when we're on the air or before we go on the air. So, for example, 
if it's Tuesday and you want to leave a humper chat for Gratzity on Saturday, our moderator, Luis, will hit up uh, Phil or Reg and be like, hey, you got a chat. Here you go. Read it on Saturday. Uh, and we are here every night and almost every day. We're here six nights a week for post shows, seven nights uh, this week. But then, of course, we got great shows in the afternoon like Grapsity on Saturdays, uh, like the Spotlight on Thursdays, like Listing Your Boy on Wednesdays. Chris Van Vliet joins Jimmy Van this week because I'm heading to London, going over there to get you guys some scoops for FightfulSelect.com. But we'll talk more about that later. Let's go ahead and get some of these super chats. Warhammer says, Denise Salcedo spotting. Was that on the broadcast? Did I miss her being on the broadcast? Nah, I must have missed it. I try to ignore her anyway. But by the way, <laughs> she'll be at the scrum. We've got notes coming in from the scrum. Uh, Spencer says, good to hear about your grandma, SRS. Have a good week. Thank you very much. That made me very happy. And Vasco says, holy-ish. Forbidden Door 2 slapped so hard it flew by. Well, let's talk about how it started or even before it started, Phil. A late addition to this show was Adam Cole versus Tom Lawler. And this is going to have some changes, some adjustments to it anyway. But shortly before the broadcast, we got news that Adam Cole was ill and couldn't do the match. Instead, Tom Lawler faced Serpentico in a dark match for Forbidden Door. This is a bummer for Tom Lawler. I mean, he's he's appeared on MLW and New Japan Strong and stuff like that, but hasn't had like a big major bit of exposure like Forbidden Door would have provided him. I mean, quite yeah. literally, the most exposure he's had is in the UFC before he was ever a wrestler. Yeah, I, I think this was going to be that spot that Clark Connors got last year where he got that big reaction and it put people onto him. Um, so it does suck that he get, didn't get a chance to have a spot on the main card. Uh, Serpentico did not win that match. You will be shocked to learn, guys. But we had the Mogul Embassy defeating El Desperado and Chaos. El Desperado didn't seem that keen on <laughs> doing all the stuff with best friends and all that. But Swerve, Cage, Khan, and Toa Leona, to me, had to get this win. They had to get a win. They, they got to get a bunch of wins, too, because they can't just be the jacked dudes that lose for Swerve. There has to be a reason for that muscle to matter. And uh, Swerve, after losing last night in that situation where I thought he just appeared as a consummate pro, especially masking that Tanahashi botch the way that he did, I thought that was just masterful. What do you think about this, this opening match and, and the decision for Mogul Embassy to go over, which seemed like a no-brainer? I thought it was good. I thought that uh, Swerve and uh, Embassy needed a win after Swerve took the loss on Saturday. And I thought that this was a good way to do that. Um, wasn't really surprised with this outcome. We also had the Women's Invitational or the Women's Owen Hart Cup Invitational. Athena versus Billy Starks. This is a lot of people's first impression of Billy Starks. And they're seeing the absolutely crazy stuff that she's going to be doing which includes that spot onto the apron that she has done on the indies. And people go, why are you doing that for a hot dog and a handshake in front of nobody? Well, now she's doing it in Canada in front of a sold out <laughs> crowd against the <laughs> ROH women's championship. Uh, my God. Uh, I thought that Billy Starks actually had a chance to win this because I thought that with her spot here, it would have, played off of Athena beating up, I don't want to say younger talent, but less exposed talent, and then it coming to bite her, as well as 
putting Billy Starks on the map as well as setting up a future ROH feud as well, because this wasn't for the title. Did you see any hope of Billy Starks winning this? Um, no, because I kind of felt like the story they're telling with the Owen matches. So it's like the fact that they put uh, Ruby against Britt right away told me that this is kind of like them doing like rematches and kind of turning the table because I kind of feel like this is going to lead to Willow versus Ruby. I mean, not Willow. Willow versus uh, Athena and Willow's going to win this time around. I got lost for a second. Sorry, my my connection did the hiccups. I've got uh, crazy storms going on here. Yeah, I, I I did see a little bit of a possibility for Billy Starks, but ultimately I'm not going to be mad about Athena continuing to kick ass yeah. like what, what she's been doing lately. And she's, uh, she's been amazing. And I, if this is a way to reintroduce her to AEW and get her back on TV, I think this is this is great. We have uh, a super chat saying, what did you think of the lighting? Thought for a full house, they should have shown the upper bowl. Uh, I I still see some like cavernous areas in some of these AEW venues. There are some venues they light up like a Christmas tree, and there are other ones that they don't. And to me, if you got people in the house, especially if you know they're going to make noise, I say show them. Like That was one of my big issues with ROH a few years ago. You couldn't tell if there was 100 or 10,000 people in the building because all they showed was the video screens. However, there were some like kind of dark areas here that I wish they would have lit up. They didn't have the big like spinning lights or anything like that, that you have on a lot of big shows. Anything about the production that, that stood out to you? No, the lighting didn't really bother me. I didn't really notice it. Uh, but you're right. They do pick certain shows that they like the whole crowd. Like I was surprised for the Wintrust show. Uh, for dynamite this week that they kind of lit the whole crowd but it's a smaller arena and so it's not it's not hard to make that sh- that crowd look fuller i don't know y'all got like 432 venues out there like it's it's a big city so i know sometimes i forget how many good venues are in chicago and and now, i mean the united center wasn't even considered a wrestling venue for the longest time and now right. they're getting incredible stuff too yeah, Wintrust uh, is fairly new. Like they, a lot of nobody was really running Wintrust until what Revolution, and that was what twenty twenty. What was WWE usually running when they would come there? Uh, they were still doing Allstate most of the time. My God, so there's Allstate too. So there's Allstate now, Wintrust and the United Center. And yep, then if they, they got really crazy, they could do Soldier Field, I guess. But the I weather, guess. I mean. Yeah, the weather of, is a little spotty for that. Yeah, a lot of indie shows do uh, Logan Square. Um, okay, and there's other like small arenas that people do around the city. Our friend Delo Diggs says, "I am spent." Uh, <laughs> I would imagine uh, El Fantasmo is spent after the week that he has. I heard his name come up in possible pitches to face CM Punk. I think that it was probably best. All due respect to Fantasmo, that it wasn't him because. I do think it would have been funny to watch CM Punk get put in an arm ringer and see Phantasmo do the walk all the way across the ring while while Pepsi Phil is just like this the whole time. <laughs> that would have been a great thing to see. Him against Stu Grayson isn't a match that I expected here, but it is an easy match to be like, all right, it's going to be a good, quick match. New Japan's going to get a win. Phantasmo is a guy that is 
you know, he's he's a little bit everywhere. No, no Bullet Club presence on this show, really, which is yeah, surprising. Like, I mean, they you didn't realize it until after, or I didn't until after, but like they completely avoided any Bullet Club stuff whatsoever. A whole lot of people not on this show as a result, but uh, Phantasmo not a part of that anymore. I thought this was a no-brainer too. Phantasmo picking up the win. I love Stu Grayson. I think he's one of the the best workers on the roster. But Phantasmo was going to win this one, and I thought it was fine. Yeah, I thought this was a really good match. I thought they I thought they did a great job with the time they were given. Um, I felt like this and the Athena match were cars that matches that felt like they could have gotten on the main show, but not a huge deal that it didn't. We also had LIJ, Hiromu Takahashi, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi defeating the United Empire, Jeff Cobb, Kyle Fletcher, and TJP. I know there's a, a whole mess of people that haven't watched anything of TJP since the 205 Live days, but he's been <laughs> killing it in Japan. He's doing, I mean, he does really, really great over there. And Kyle Fletcher, now a part of the AEW roster. I love that they do, they did this with Bullet Club last year too. They, they, kept the group together despite one person signing elsewhere. Now, they didn't get the win. LIJ are going to win. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi and Shingo Takagi are a couple guys that very well could have ended up on this main show as well, but didn't. But LIJ picking up the win here. Another fine match. Zero hour, man. They they just they jam-packed that thing like within that yeah. hour. Yeah, I thought we got a lot of good matches during the pre-show because, um, I mean, up until what Yesterday, there was only one match announced. It went from eight or nine matches to 14 matches in, in a hurry. And I hadn't even really realized it. And somebody was like, oh, man, 14-match show. We're back in the prime of AEW. I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, oh, yeah, they did. They did announce all these. We started off uh, with MJF defeating Tanahashi. A reminder, guys, we are going to have notes from the scrum dropping here on the show, too. So... That way you don't have to sit through it. Y- y'all don't want to watch that anyway. Y'all don't want to watch that. You can watch Denise's videos after the scrum because you know the audio is going to be good. You're not going to have CM Punk being like, I work with children and, and all those audio messes that, you, that you'll that you see live. So j- just watch Denise's videos afterwards. Uh, we got MJF defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, I loved how much Tanahashi sold uh, his leg both tonight and last night because Swerve quite literally softened up Tanahashi for MJF. We yes. hear about that so much. Like it's, it's a psychology thing that's played into a lot of, a lot of wrestling shows, but we're talking like less than 24 hours since that match. And it paid dividends. Ultimately MJF wins with the dynamite diamond ring, which we haven't seen a lot lately, but MJF picks up his, fourth successful title defense in AEW. And Tanahashi is a big one. He's always going to be Tanahashi. He's always going to carry some weight to him. But, I mean, as far as where the matches were on the totem pole, I wasn't expecting this to be like a banger or anything. I expected MJF to wrestle like it was WCW Saturday night in 1992, and that's what he does, and I really enjoy it. How are you liking MJF's title reign? I mean, I, people can hear you talk about this on Grapsity every week, of course, but and and how do you think that this match fit in with it? Because they did ha- kind of have to shoehorn it in to the middle of the Adam Cole stuff that's going on. Uh, I've been enjoying it. I think the thing that he does very well as a heel is that he'll find that thing that 
the internet loves and he's hyper aware of internet takes and then he'll he'll take the direct opposite of it and in the in the process he'll find a way to really show why this is great on its own and i think i think as the guy that's like the anti new japan guy coming in and doing the cobra twist right away as a homage to enoki and doing all this stuff like hey for a guy that hates new japan you sure do know a lot about new japan and but of course he does because he's a guy that studies the game he knows way no way too much about wrestling to hate new japan um i think he's great i thought this match was good i thought uh I thought having having to get to the end and him barely escaping Tanahashi was good because it put over just how great Tanahashi is as a babyface. Um, the finish I wasn't expecting. I kind of expected him to to win. I didn't expect it to be. I don't know. I didn't expect it to be this much of a shenanigans win, but I was fine with it. I love that MJF will pick up little things like. I'm talking like things you would see in a Shane Douglas Razor Ramon match from Raw in 95. Just an abdominal stretch, hold the rope type of thing. Something you don't really see a lot of people do anymore. But it's a tried and true wrestling thing. And at some point, the ref's got to be like, hey, bro, I see the rope shaking like crazy whenever I walk over here. Like, I do think that there are some of those things where the ref shouldn't get buried in, especially in the first match of the pay-per-view. But with MJF, it's like one of those things. It's like, how much How much does that really affect anything? It doesn't matter. He wants every little advantage. Yes. And as you mentioned, he's a hypocrite. That's part of being a heel is that he's an absolute liar and an absolute hypocrite. And I can't wait for the day that that works in a babyface method. Like where he stands up to CM Punk in some city that hates CM Punk. And MJF is like, I would never disparage this company. I would never walk out on this company. It's going to work to his yes. benefit as a heel or a face fill. Like, because people are along for the ride with MJF at these shows. Yeah. And I think a, a good part of what he does, and like I said, of speaking to these like internet niche uh, takes, is that somebody or some, somewhere is going, He's right, and he's great because he's speaking the <laughs> yeah. truth. Like, I mean, just look at him coming out with the robe, and it had New Japan as an indie on it. Somebody was so, sitting somewhere like, it is, though. It's not, it's not a major league promotion. Exactly. There are a whole lot of people that, that go along for the ride without even realizing yes, they're going they, along for the ride, and I love he, it. He, yes, I love it. I love that part of him working up people that are – are against what the product is but in the same breath he's also getting people to enjoy the product it's great uh, and i thought like i said i thought this match was good as as much as dixie carter gets shit there was a quote i heard about her once where somebody like was making fun of a fan in the tna audience that was like oh my gosh those security guards what are they going to do about them when the security guards are playing heels People were giggling and being like, what a mark. And Dixie's like, no, I want like five million more just like him. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's what we want. We want people to be along for this ride. So I thought this worked out exceptionally well. We got CM Punk against Satoshi Kojima. Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. This is one of those where I looked at it and I was like, Will Punk just go to Tony and be like, hey, Kojima's winning, just so you know. Part of me was like, will he do that? Will that be a thing? 
I asked you this earlier about Billy Starks and Athena. Was there any doubt in your mind that Punk was winning this? No. I always figured Joe, I always figured Punk was winning this, especially when I saw the other match that's under it. Um, I'm pretty sure. much assuming. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And Joe, sorry, you're going to win that match and we're going punk Joe in my final yeah uh, uh sorry you uh, i think our but, internet connection is yeah. is dropping out right now i don't know if it's me or you oh it's it's phil's internet connection that's going out so i'll keep it afloat until we get phil back uh it's hopping in and out now we got him back there we go it's just this okay. attacking phil all right you're back i wasn't sure because it's storming here and it's crazy I didn't know if it was uh, cutting out on my end, but there were some really great spots in this match, including CM Punk getting elbow dropped right in the penis at one point. Uh, That was great. He's over in the corner. uh, A play off of his shoot interview like 15, 16, 17 years ago. Kojima, Lariat, over and over again. Ultimately... He gets the win with the GTS. He shows respect to Kojima. But this was a lot of fun. He he did a little leg drop, which I saw you tweet about uh, from last night. And I got to say, first off, really good big boot leg drop he did last night, too. Like, it was it was smooth. The guns sell their asses off. I don't know what Reg is thinking, picking fights with Austin Gunn these days. What, what are we doing here? What are we doing? I can't wait for him to get buried on Grapsity next week. You're going to have to drop <laughs> Austin Gunn the link, by the way. But uh, these little things that Punk is doing to acknowledge the fact that he's hated here, I'm loving this. Like I'm starting to see some like Brett Sean 97 type of possibilities here with these reactions. The unfortunate part is that never really got a real resolution because of the screw job. And this may never get a real resolution because of the elite and punk. But how do you feel about how punk is handling this thus far? Uh, I think it's great. And I think he came out from day one um, expecting to get booed, expecting um, to have to turn heel. And you can see it from the first episode of Collision where he came out and he tried to come down to the rink with this grimace on his face, but he's getting cheered the whole time and he's trying to hide the smirk. Um, but I've been saying from the beginning, the, the promo he cut on Collision was a heel promo. Uh, he's been basically baiting people in to boo him since the very first episode of Collision. The next episode, he comes out with this big grin on his face and is encouraging people to boo him. No, I think he's having a time of his life with this. And I think watching him uh, play these crowds like a fiddle has been amazing. Uh, there were several points during this match where it would get a little bit quiet and you could hear the CM Punk chance start to rise up. And he just start egging the crowd up even more to boom. It just was perfect. I, I'm a little disappointed we did get the Kenta match. But 
I do think Kojima was the right opponent for him because Kojima yeah. was going to be the right guy to baby face it up for him and he could do his heel spots in that match and it works better with him. Um, and I thought Kojima did a great job here. I did the, All of the hilarious spots were great. There's some of the big spots in the corner were great. There's an apron spot that looked <laughs> very rough. Um, but we saw a lot of big apron spots tonight. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed this match a lot more than I expected to. You can tell it's a match that Punk has kind of wanted to check off his bucket list, and I thought that was was nice. And and you did mention Kenta. Fightful Select reported a couple of weeks ago the plan was Kenta and Punk. Then last week, Kenta said, uh, that doesn't work for me, brother, and didn't want to do it. And they adjusted. Uh, Jeff Cobb was mentioned. El Fantasma was mentioned. Uh, Kojima was mentioned. Ultimately, I think Kojima was the right one. Like he is a legendary yeah. name, and he's still having some some good matches, especially in All Japan and Noah this year. His New Japan work, eh? But the the Noah and New J- or All Japan work has been pretty good as well. And Punk, you know, is gonna win this match. But I, I still had that little glimmer of hope that Punk might be like, let's just make him go crazy. Let's just let's just do something. But I think it's better to sort of build this heat up because now we know that Toronto is an anti-punk city and I'm really excited to see how that goes because that also gives me hope that they'll just start booking more stuff there. Uh, We got Sean Douglas saying, have you heard any news on Goldberg to AEW at all? They've had talks, but I mean, Tony likes Goldberg. That's, that's just what it is. He likes Goldberg. And uh, Trey Cash says, Hey Sean, I love how punk played. Going through the heel side, I really think he should tiptoe that line based on the city he's in. Also, shout out to Phil. Walked up to him at Collision in the Shy, and he was cool as ever. Well, that makes me happy because Trey is you. Trey is always good to us. Trey is always very generous to Fightful, and uh, pe- people love meeting Phil in person. I watched people fanboy over Phil in person in Dallas last year. <laughs> it was It was a good experience. It was a good experience. Uh, but we've got, and and yeah, I agree. Punk needs to play this up. He knows that any reaction is a good reaction. And he, kn- I mean, my God, he's a Bret Hart guy. He saw what Bret Hart did in 97. FTR, we've got to understand that too. I hope that they do. I know that they like being loved an awful lot, but uh, I think that the reactions they're getting is is pretty great. No, I think they get it. Um, if, if, Judging by that uh, main event of collision from yesterday, I think they definitely get it. T. Bowler says they have a ring announcer only for the punk match. They had uh, Japanese and English ring announcers for all of them, unless there was a completely different one that I didn't know about. Uh, yeah. Fasco says CM Punk calling out his spots like Cena made, made me pop. So Punk has always kind of been a little bad about that too. Like, especially when he had the longer black hair, you would just see him put his head down and you could tell that he was calling the spots. Like that's a, uh, that's, that's one that I've, I've always kind of noticed there. Uh, oh, uh, so Dasha did the ring announcing for the punk mash in English. And then Justin did the rest is what Luis says. Interesting. Ian Hunter says, Leaving the arena now, my throat is so sore from all the yelling all night. Hopefully it came across well. Got to meet Kate and Joel, too. Amazing night. Ian, I am so sorry that you had to meet Kate and Joel. I hope that despite <laughs> that, you had a great time. Uh, I just want to send prayers, condolences, thoughts to your loved ones in that situation. 
but right now I got to talk about Daniel Garcia dancing through strikes because that's all I care about right now. When the when the Fight Forever DLC drops, Phil, I want one taunt from Daniel Garcia to send your special meter all the way up. One dance move, that's it. He can do his finisher. That's all it should take. He was the only man that w- walked into this match without a title belt. Uh, this was a very... I'm sure, as we've seen him tweet, a very personal show for him. A, a guy who very well could have died four years ago in that that horrible accident that he was in. And now here he is on a Forbidden Door pay-per-view, a real student of the game. That made me happy. That warmed me up to see Daniel Garcia in this spot with three champions widely considered, especially Orange Cassidy these days, as top performers in, in the world. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought he uh, he made a big impact in this match. Um, I'm assuming this is still uh, leading to him versus Shibata at some point, uh, and I thought this was this was a good way to get to that. Um, I mean, Orange Cassidy does not have bad matches at this point. Like he doesn't. All of his matches are bangers. Um, I think they're telling a really good story with him of him of him eking out these matches uh, more and more the further this rain goes in and looking more and more beat up at the end of all of them. Um, Cause really throughout the end of this match, Zack Sabre had his number. Zach was, was this close to winning this match. Um, I mean, there was a spot where he had him, he had him like in the double arm bar and just the torque on this thing. It looked like he was ready to tap until Shibata came in and broke up the hold. He was this close to losing this match. Orange Cassidy has had a very special run. Like, my God, man. Like, he is... He's putting on bangers after bangers. And again, I love that Daniel Garcia in this match, like in the strike trade, Shibata and Zack Sabre kept on hitting him. Then when he fired up, he starts dancing. I love that. And at the end, you've got a dejected Daniel Garcia outside the ring while the other three guys are in there showing off their titles and having a dick measuring contest (laughs) over who the better champion, who the better title belt was, any number of those things. And Daniel Garcia is just kind of out there like, all right, one day that's going to be me. One day that's going to be me. And, and I love it because there, you know, there's a lot to the, he's a wrestler, not a sports entertainer thing that he runs from, but he is a sports entertainer. He's a really, really great sports entertainer. And, Orange Cassidy is like the most perfect example of a sports entertainer. And it's not like a shameful thing for him. Uh, I don't know if that'll ever play into anything, but I just thought everybody played their role so well in this match. And this was one I thought was a lock for AEW because the international title was on the line and orange Cassidy, I don't think is losing that anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think that he is. I still at this point think this swerve will be the guy to beat him. So I Love did expect that. him to I, lose tonight. And I think that it's so funny because I thought the the leveling it up was corny. And then like just the, the kind of matches he's had, I'm like, all right, he has. He has leveled the title up. He has made it more important. It has been really great. Well, if you want to level up your internet experience, my friends, check out nordvpn.com slash Fightful. You could have got this pay-per-view at a much more affordable price. You could get the old uh, interface of the WDB network next week for Money in the Bank. You can watch shows early. You can take your content anywhere. 
Better believe I'm going to be using NordVPN.com slash Fightful as I fly from Cincinnati to London tomorrow. I'm going to be at the airport, be at the hotel, the arena, restaurants, and I'm going to be on that unsecured Wi-Fi. So NordVPN.com slash Fightful protects me and it blocks ads, all that great stuff. Try it out, especially over the next 30 days. UFC pay-per-views, boxing pay-per-views, WWE shows, wrestling pay-per-views. You can get them at a much more affordable price when you subscribe to overseas services via NordVPN.com slash Fightful. And if you don't like it after that 30 days, you can get your money back. A money-back guarantee with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Check it out. Uh, uh, tons of people have been singing their praises. They've got a ton of great reviews. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. There is no sponsor of ours that I use more or have ever used more while I'm away. You can shield your data from snoops and pr- criminals, protect yourself on public Wi-Fi, and secure every device you own. You can even put it on your router. That way it protects everything in your house. Protect your passwords, file encrypt, uh, all of those things with, with that great file encryption tool they have, and it backs them up on a private cloud. Check it out, nordvpn.com slash Fightful. Oh, look at look at my friend here. Hold on, let me let me pull this up. Mr. Rightway. Got the pay-per-view only $19.99 with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Look at that. So did Spice. This is what I'm talking about right here. These people paid a much better price. Sorry, sorry, Bill Birmingham. We're cutting into your future salaries, buddy. What yeah, sorry, Bill. Sorry, Bill. You you won't give Righteous Reg a copy of the game for free? After after they butchered his name, come on, shameful. It is shameful. The game's very good, though. I've been enjoying it, um, because I did get a copy. <laughs> Sorry, Reg. <laughs> Sorry, Reg. <laughs> oh damn. Uh, yeah. Guys, reminder, please leave a thumbs up on this video. We greatly appreciate it. Corey says, any possibility of when OC would drop the international championship and who should be the one to dethrone him? Uh, I'm with Phil. I think it should be Swerve. Like, I mean, quite honestly, I think that if we weren't in the middle of this specific reign of MJF, I'd probably be talking about Swerve in the world title picture because I think that he's just got everything. Uh, but you mentioned Swerve. When do you think that could happen? Uh, I think Orange is going to hit the year mark. Um, yeah, I I think he's going to hit the year mark. Uh, um, so I'm not entirely sure when it's going to happen, but like I said, I'm I'm assuming it's still going to be Swerve. He's at 256 days now. That would carry him into October. Uh, perhaps coincidentally, he won it in Toronto as well. Mm-hmm. A reminder, guys, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. Sonata defeated Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I got to say, I really expected a lot more out of this match. This felt like a very, very abrupt 10 minutes. And I thought after the trash, they kind of talked to each other. I wouldn't say they disrespected each other. I would say they just completely dismissed each other as being relevant or worth even paying attention to. Because Jack Perry or Sonata was like, I don't know who he is. And Jack Perry's like, I've never seen one of his matches either. And I'm like, well, okay. And I thought this was going to be like an absolute slapper that would make you go, oh, okay, that's why they put Jack Perry in the match. 
We're about to talk about what happened afterwards, but it seemed like all of this, instead of being an IWGP world title match, was more of a vehicle for what happened after the match. How do you feel about them even putting Jack Perry in this? Because I was fine with that. I just thought it was underwhelming how it, how it turned out. Uh, I thought it was a good pick for the match because if you're going to do something like that Pillars match at Double or Nothing, you got to kind of show the progress of these guys moving forward. And if Jack is a guy that you believe can be a main eventer, it makes sense for him to be your representative from AEW to challenge for that belt. Um, and I thought he looked good. I thought he had spots in this match that were great. Like that, uh, the crucifix that uh, Sonata powered out of, and then he transitioned it right to a skull in. I thought that was smooth. Um, he had a few spots that were great, but I thought really the point of this match to show was to show that he just was not in Sonata's league. And I think the way he beat him so abruptly was just kind of to show like, nah, you're just not there yet. Yeah, I think th I think that's a good approach, and I hope that's what they they tell via the story as well. Which afterwards, we get the turn that finally happens. Jack Perry and I love. I actually loved how they did it. I think we got to spend some time talking about how they set it up first. Taz on commentary, great, great, because yes. I've been told to listen to Taz when he's on commentary during Jack Perry or during hook matches. Because you'll you'll see how focused he is on Hook and the reception to Hook. We cut back to the commentary team after Jack Perry and Hook like walk up the ramp, but then we cut back and Jack Perry turns on Hook, and Taz is like this piece of shit, and Taz is either really great at acting or he can't hide this at all because. <laughs> He, he's feigning like he's concerned for Jack Perry in what he just did. He's like, this guy just messed up. That's it. He's messed up. Even though he knows that Jack Perry just got one over on his kid. And IRL, there is nothing Taz hates more than somebody getting one over on his kid. He cares more about Hook than anybody else. I can tell you all from experience. We have written articles and one of them omitted Hook. And he messaged us like, why no hook? Why, why, why isn't hook in this article about Team Taz? And I'm like, oh, I'll ask the author. Like, he cares about his kids. So I thought having him here was great. And also, they simultaneously reminded you of the FTW title, and he disrespected it. He looked at it, and he just threw it at hook. How did you feel about the, the way that they they did this from a production standpoint and an execution standpoint. Um, I thought everything they did with it was great. I kind of figured the turn was coming. I wasn't sure if it was going to be tonight or not, but I thought turning away from the camera and making you think it wasn't happening and then doing everything they did with Taz, Taz getting upset and not coming back to commentary <laughs> for the entire night um, was also a great touch. I also really liked the idea that, uh, Jack has challenged for two world titles within the last two months. And after losing those and feeling like he should be champion, he's like, all right, well, I'm going to take this because I know this belt means something to you. This is your dad's legacy. I'm going to take this away from you. And I'm going to call myself the unsanctioned champion because I should have won those two matches. Great storytelling. It is. That is. Uh, I, I love that. Ryan Fields brings up a point that uh, you brought up. He says, 
what he said so predictable every match, but he says, hate how Taz left commentary, but they never touched back on it. Well, I don't think they need to touch on it tonight. They can touch on it on Wednesday or Saturday or anything like that. Taz can even say, I was so upset that I left because Taz's broadcast partners are going to have his back. They're not going to be like, well, he just summarily and unprofessionally walked out. They're going to, they're going to cover for him because they're they're He's one of their guys. We've also got bizarro big L saying love tonight's card. Got more than a few swerves. Tell me why all Fantasma looks like Logan Paul fused with AJ Styles. The card could have been switched around a little bit, but that Jack Perry heel turn, RIP Jungle Boy, hoping for that hook match in Boston. That's going to be another big part of this summer is the ascension of Jack Perry. I think he's getting a presentation change. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff changing about Jack Perry. Uh, first off, I want the Bengals to adopt his theme song. Tony can get the hell to rid of it. Get rid of it. <laughs> bring, bring that to Cincinnati. We want that as a touchdown song now. Jack Perry doesn't need it. You know what? He can give me his hair jeans as well. I'll take those. <laughs> he doesn't need any of that. He's got he's to start straightening his hair. He's got to look like Dolph Ziggler in 2016. What, what are you looking for out of uh, a Jack Perry that is a heel? It's it's so hard for me interacting with him multiple times in the past to be like, this guy's about to be a dick. Um, yeah, I I think it, we're off to a good start. I think him after jumping hook, uh, immediately doing the the arm waves and taunting <laughs> the crowd was great. And I think the crowd has been ready to boo him anyway. I think if I had any fears about what he could do as a heel, that was immediately dismissed with the Doki match uh, from Rampage. He came out with a great reaction to his entrance, but progressively throughout the match, the way he worked it, he slowly got people to boo him and he turned that crowd. I think he's going to be a really good heel. I do. I, I'm really excited to see how this plays out. And as Zeno Hour says, Anna Jay could add to that act as well because that's, that's, that's a long time heat trick. Put the pretty girl with the guy and... I mean, they got to put her with him. I mean, they took a picture outside of wherever with him grabbing her ass one time. So <laughs> everybody knows, everybody already knows they could have turned him heel then. Yeah, I oh, thought that man. was hilarious when he did it. That was, if I remember correctly, that was after he lost the match to Kenny Omega. And he kind of was like, he just put that out there like, guys, I'm still winning. <laughs> yeah. he, he went one-on-one -on -one that day. He was all right. He was still batting 500. Uh, we have notes coming in from the scrum as well. But Eddie Kingston, Tomohiro Ishii, and the Elite defeated Konsuke Takeshita, uh, Shota Umino, and the Blackpool Combat Club. Ba Blackpool Combat Club come out to Moxley's New Japan theme, which I forgot how great that theme was. I kind of, like, well, they already paid for Wild Thing. That's why they're using Wild Thing. But damn, that was good, and it was a great touch throughout the night. Um Ishii gets the win here. There were a couple people that ended up getting the pins in these matches. I was like, oh, damn, okay. But you get to go to New Japan and say, look how many pins we gave you guys at this show. Look what we're doing for you guys. We got you in there with our EVPs with John Moxley, and Ishii's old ass is getting the pin. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> this match was great. Like, Hangman Page is perpetually over, and you see why. In a yes. world of... EVPs and John Moxley and MJF 
and Brian Danielson, Hangman Page stays over no matter what. And he showed why in this match. Like, him and Takesta are going to have some badass matches in the future. I came out of this looking forward to so much more. And I think we're probably headed there for blood and guts, Phil. Yeah, I agree. I thought uh, I thought this was at least the second best match on the card. I thought this was really, really good. Uh, there were so many bits of it that were good. I mean, Takeshita being Takeshita, he was amazing. Probably, probably the beat MVP the of this shit match. out of Ishii. Yes, he <laughs> beat the hell out of that man. Yes, laid Ishii out at one point. Um, had some great exchanges with uh, with Hangman, like he said. Had great exchanges with Ishii. Had great exchanges throughout. Um, I thought Bucks are the Bucks. They put on a show. Uh, Hangman is still Hangman. Still incredibly over. I agree. Mox's uh, New Japan theme is vastly superior to his AEW theme, um, and it just makes it makes Blackpool Combat Club feel like more of a heel stable as well. It's more fitting than Wild Thing is for them. Um, yeah, I was I was very much into this match. Probably, like I said, second best match of the night for me. I just I, I when I think about this type of. Uh... This type of match, I was like, all right. So Takeshita got highlighted really, really well. Hangman got highlighted really, really well. Moxley was still around and stuff, but he was like the sixth or seventh person that like I I thought about in this match, and everybody was delivering. I thought it was the right kind of match. I don't know if necessarily you needed all the additional ingredients for this feud, but... They wanted to do something story-based with Eddie Kingston to bring him back. So, obviously, mm-hmm. he's going to garner an emotion. You had to work New Japan names in there as well, as it is a part of Forbidden Door. So, I think all in all, it ended up working out well. Like, I think it ended up working out exceptionally well here. The Bucks just are really good in this environment. That's why they stayed over in New Japan. That's why New Japan wanted to keep them so bad. That's why New Japan got so hurt when they left for a couple <laughs> years. I mean, it's because yeah. they were so good at this style. Bucks are very good at multi-man matches. Um, they're very good at it. Um, and I thought all of the Eddie story stuff was was very good. I thought it added to this match a lot. Um, all this stuff with and Mox, Mox being conflicted, Eddie being conflicted, uh, Eddie saving Mox from the super kick party, only to get double crossed by Mox later in the match. Uh, and then, of course, Eddie being pissed at the Bucks afterwards because they lost and. Yeah, I, I I mean, I thought all of this was made perfect sense, man. I mean, well, they didn't lose, but him being pissed off after the match, I thought it was great. And even even like having Ishii there because Ishii is his friend, and that was his only way of joining those guys that he also doesn't like is by bringing somebody else that he likes. Like, eh, I'll team with you guys, but only if it's only if I could pick the last member of the group. <laughs> yeah. And then love- afterwards, being like, yeah, I still don't like you guys. Get get away from me. Um. But I think that that was so purposely done on a car where a lot of people thought they were going to see Ibushi to go, mm-hmm. yeah, this is just a great thing. If we need to do five men, Eddie's not going to be the fifth guy. That slot's still open later down the road. Yeah, I and I think a lot of people were expecting Ibushi, but to me, it would make sense to do BCC and Takeshita against Ibushi in the elite at blood and guts. I hope it happens. I still don't know yeah. if it happens or they can just do BCC versus elite at blood and guts, depending on however many people they, they want to have in it. 
Uh, Brent Lockman says, just got home, left my voice in Scotiabank. Going to take some time processing how good this show was. Happy wrestling. Uh, another thing I liked about this, I love that Moxley still rides with Shota Umino. He told me in an interview th- over three years ago, he's like, yep, I'm going to ride him to a few paydays in the future. He's like, hope he's ready to help get me paid <laughs> whenever I can barely work anymore because I'm getting him paid before he can work. And I just I just love that so much. I loved it. Tony Storm defeated Willow Nightingale. I feel like they could have done Athena, Chris, Willow, and Tony here, and they could have made this match carry a lot more of a marquee value, like all four of the champions under their banner, especially if, if Willow's taking a loss anyway, it could have happened. But I do understand that they it's the New Japan champion against the AEW champion. Uh, you know, I've kind of grown tired of the outcasts always doing their interference thing, but this one was a little bit different because they got booted the hell out of there. I love how excited Tony Schiavone was. When Ruby got kicked out, he's like, see you Wednesday. Bye. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> but instead, Tony had to resort to pulling the ref in front of her, gouging the eyes. This This felt like it left a lot to be desired to me. Um, Willow's perpetually over. Tony's really good at what she does. I just, it, it felt like you can tell this wasn't the match they always had planned for this show, and that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think that some of the stuff that we didn't get, uh, loomed very heavy for this match. The fact that we didn't get anybody from stardom, and then we got the Julia thing today, where Julia has called Willow out, and it's like, man, sure would have been great if we got that match today. Um, I mean, even the fact that a lot of people think that this was going to be Mercedes if she won that belt, a lot of the what-ifs loomed very heavily over this match. But at the same time, I thought this match was very good for what we got. I thought this was one of Willow's better matches. I think she, of course, works very well as a babyface. I think Tony is much better as a heel, in my opinion, with AEW. I think that she's coming to her own since she turned. Um, I think the Outcast stuff has gotten better when they have stuff to uh, actually wrestle for. When there's stakes added to it, and it's not just them coming out and doing the same thing every week or spray painting people and then running away, tackling. Um, this this idea where they're like trying to come in and beat people and actually do something much better. So I think putting the belt on Tony has helped them a lot. And I kind of think Ruby's going to win the, the Owen. I kind of think that that's where this Be is cool. all leading. Like, I, I think this is her like revenge tour after she lost last year. Speaking of revenge tours, I'm about to go all Phil and solicit apologies from the World Wide Web, Phil. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had posted that AEW had been reaching out to stardom, and I had had... There was even somebody in stardom that's like, nope, didn't happen. Well, hate to tell you guys, it happened to the point where I mentioned last week, hey, AEW even said straight up, hey, that, that Julia girl, we want her. She's really good. And then what happens? Julia mentions breaking down a forbidden door this weekend, and they mention it on commentary throughout the night. I'm very excited about this. If there is one woman that would just translate immediately to US TV, it is Julia, which, I mean, there's a whole mess of women in Japan I want to see over, like Shiri Kondo. As, as soon as she 
unfortunately lost her way out of the UFC. I'm like, man, I hope she goes back to wrestling because she had stepped up her MMA training and it's paid up, paid dividends. She's one of my favorite workers in the world. But Julia is such a no brainer, slam dunk home run user at any send whoever you got to send over to Japan in exchange for her for a little while to do it. Like they got to get her if they can. Yeah, I thought I thought her mentioning the challenge on that show tonight and then mentioning AEW by name after the show and then AEW mentioning her commentary definitely tells me that that was in the works. They just couldn't make it happen. Um, yeah. And, you know, when you put out their report, um, I was sitting there like, OK, well, I know that that's true because <laughs> I had somebody tell me that they definitely reached out to stardom. But that was one of those things where I, I was like, I'm not going to come out and debunk anybody's claim because I'm not a scoopster sure. guy. I don't want to do any of that. But no, I always figured that after last year that they were going to try and do something with stardom. It just didn't work out. Um, I mean, it would have been a nice if we got it, but we just didn't get it. It is what it is. And I think they learned from last year. I think last year they reached out through New Japan. But that mm-hmm. also happened with Mercedes earlier this year. Like yeah. in January, I think they reached out through Rocky or New Japan about Mercedes. And they're like, we ain't her booking agent. Reach out to her type of thing. And I, I know that that did happen. And unfortunately, it couldn't happen because of what did happen with Mercedes. But they learned and they reached out directly to Stardom. And there were talks. And Stardom let them know, yeah. you know, we couldn't make this happen for scheduling reasons but hey. tried to tell you guys fightfulselect.com best five dollars in the business or hey, uh six six dollars 61 cents canadian if you're if you're up there right now yeah i yeah i don't know why people were so weird about this uh hey do you, do you remember last year in the scrum who asked tony khan if they actually wanted to work with stardom last year might have been me so i don't think that this was far-fetched that they would try again next year <laughs> I, I just remember Phil making or Reg making CM Punk cry and sending him on this downward spiral that <laughs> that happened. That's all I remember. I, I can't uh, wait for the guns to win a championship again and be in a scrum <laughs> with Reg. I can't it's wait. It's going to be amazing. I, every week, I'm going to sneak in. I'm going to get the link for Grapsity. I'm going to drop it in Austin Gunn's inbox <laughs> and just hope he clicks it one day. <laughs> And then we're going to get copyright claim because what I'm going to do right before he he clicks that link, I'm going to upload a video and it's going to be like, many men wish death upon me. He's going to get the full entrance, full entrance. I'm going to be spitting water like I'm shooting guns and stuff. <laughs> Just ready, ready. I'm going to I'm going to bring the camera all the way around me. I'm going to impress Reg like heavily with my camera work here it's it's gotta happen i'm gonna will this into existence it will happen um we got grapple geekery saying maybe if sky and brit were hanging out watching backstage and accompanied willow to ringside she would have won why anyone facing the outcast comes out solo anymore is beyond me it's just dumb well i mean i don't know why willow would like brit (laughs) like why the hell would willow like brit in any capacity but you would think that that Sky would at least be out there. Yeah. I, I, man, I'm telling you, I feel like the story they're telling, and that's why they show Sky and it's why they show Britt, is just to lead into the, the Owen matchups because Ruby's facing Britt in the first round. And then on the other side, you've got Sky, who could also be 
one of Ruby's uh, matchups heading soon. So really, Ruby's winning this tournament, man. I think this is a way to give the outcast something to rub their, rub everybody's nose in. We've yeah, they were watching backstage. By the way, uh, I am definitely gonna meme the Britt Baker one. That was very meme worthy, so that that <laughs> will happen. And uh, I'm skipping a match right now to talk about a match that was just it happened. Sting, Darby Allen, Tatsuya Naito defeated Minoru Suzuki, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara. This this match happened. It was put in a very unenviable spot. Uh, perhaps one of the most unenviable spots in wrestling history. Um, and that being said, I thought it was safe for them to put it here, Phil, because Sting was in the match. Yeah. That being said, I don't want to hear anybody talking about how old timers sell any better because I just watched Sting take a 630 through a table, run in and do that. I think he was supposed to get out of the way of that. I think that he was probably supposed to move out of the way uh, he says he's fine after the match, but he had dealt with some some head stuff. And Vicky, listen, I'm here. I, I love you, Vicky. Um, we we need to get your GoFundMe info, by the way, Vicky, so I can promote that on the air. But she sent some money in for Sting. I love Sting. I will always appreciate Sting. But man, that was the no sellingest no sell I have seen in a long time. A six thirty through a table to the outside. And then he's just in there doing a scorpion deathlock right after that. This is all right. This 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 to me was if this were twenty or if this happened an hour before, I probably would have felt a lot different than when it aired. Yeah, I, I think it, it fit where it was. It's a nice palate cleanser um, between uh, Omega versus Osprey in the main event. Um, one of my one of the funniest things of the match that I'm sure was unintentionally funny is Jericho hamming it up and asking for that tag after Suzuki and Sting get this great reaction to their stare down. He gets in and gets his stare down and nothing. (laughs) 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 Absolutely Uh, no response to it. Amazing. Like, I don't know. A lot of the magic, a lot of the magic is gone with the Jericho stare. Like, I, I get it. It's cool. They've never done anything and all that stuff, but I was when I found out found that out, I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess they can do it then if you really want to. All right, sure. But yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever. It, uh, it could be a cool match somewhere down the line. Um, I thought uh, I thought this was fine though. It was a nice way to get Naito on the card because he wasn't on the card last year. I thought it was really cool that this year we got so many of the guys that missed out last year, whether that be Hiromu, uh, Naito. The fact that we didn't get Punk last year because he was injured. We didn't get Brian last year because he was injured. Uh, I thought all of these guys making it this year was made this show feel like a bigger deal. Chi-Town Spurs. The moment I saw Naito was keeping his shirt on, I knew what we were getting. Oh, man. You're not wrong. Yeah, we, uh, we definitely way, got multi-man Naito. In the uh, game that Righteous Reg hasn't played yet, but is featured heavily on the soundtrack of Sting wrestles in his shirt all the time. It's like a sweatshirt. Uh, but <laughs> he is great. He is great on there. Uh, we also have Ryan Field saying, I think it's a joke how the one table spot of the night sting no cells and continues on like a zombie. I really think he was supposed to get up and, and avoid it, but he's a tough son of a bitch too. I got to give him credit there. 
but um i i didn't think suzuki fit in with what sammy and jericho were doing like i feel like somebody else could have fit in i feel like great okan would have fit in better yeah uh, for for like the sports entertainment aspect of it but um Listen, I got no problem with Sting no-selling the table spot. It doesn't bother me. I watch MMA fighters no-sell getting punched in the face all the time. That way nobody knows that they're hurt and they can knock somebody out. But, you know, you you won't see a lot of those people bringing that up. A lot of those same people, as they say. Uh, Sting did say his head. Go ahead, sorry. I, I really want them to sort out what is the issue with Andrade and why he can't wrestle on these cards because I feel like the obvious thing to do here is LFI versus LIJ, and we just still haven't got that yet. I'm so waiting for that. I'm so wait- And maybe they're like, all right, we can save that one until next year, but who the hell knows if Andrade will be around next year? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Sucks. Guys, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. The scrum's going on right now. Sting says his good, his head is good despite a scary bump during the match. He hasn't decided on a date for his last match. Says Wembley would be cool, but it doesn't see he doesn't see that happening. And Tony is like, nah, just stay as long as you want. Uh, Jericho crashed the press conference and batted a water bottle onto a member of the press that was next to Denise. It's a shame he missed. Uh, Tony Storms. <laughs> Tony Storm was asked about Julia coming to the U.S., and Tony said that she would slap the tits off of her. Well, let me tell you something that slapped the tits off of me. Probably in the immediate hours following, I'm going to say that this match is probably my favorite match I've ever seen. I loved it. Now, for for some background, guys, some some favorite matches of mine in the past, uh, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe at Unbreakable, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Mania 25. Those are a couple of my favorites of all time. Uh, Okada Omega. And some other matches when I would rate matches that I gave 10 out of 10s to. Uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, I think, was a 10 out of 10. I thought that Charlotte and Becky, Last Woman Standing, was a 10 out of 10. I, th- I thought the uh, Best Friends... LAX car park fight was a 10 out of 10, in my opinion. There are so many different things that, that go into that for me. This is such a an easy 10 out of 10, and it's better than the match that I gave a 10 to at Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year. I couldn't believe that they found a way to top it, Phil. I'm going to rave about this match all on my own, but I'm very excited to hear what you think about it. Maybe you'll bury it for all I know. But I thought this was an all-time classic. I know. I'm of course cannot bury this match. This match was <laughs> incredible from start to finish. I actually think the Russell Kingdom match was a little bit better, and mm-hmm. I think that the only reason why I think it's better is I feel like it was a little bit more succinct. Um, sure. Like the the finish to this match, I feel like went a little bit longer than it needed to, but I don't think it was enough to hurt it in my opinion. I I thought this match was still very very good. The false finishes in this match were. Some of the most convincing false finishes I've ever seen. I so I, I watched this show gen, usually by myself, but for this match, I was like, you know what? I want to put this on. My wife will watch this with me. She likes Kenny Omega. She knows that I've interviewed Osprey a couple times. We were like just having a blast watching this match, and 
two or three times I jumped off of my couch and was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What happened? The spot where Omega gets his foot up onto the ropes. Jesus Christ. The spot where Omega kicks out of a one-winged angel at one was one of the loudest pops I've ever heard in my life. Um, These two guys have so much they can lean on. With Kenny, you know he ain't pinning anybody with a V-trigger, but every time he lands one, you think, well, this guy could have just legit been knocked out and they got to go to the finish here. With Will Ospreay, Ospreay has done such an amazing job of developing multiple finishes uh, with Hidden Blade and with Stormbreaker, but he's also convinced you enough throughout interviews that maybe his shoulder won't hold up enough to do the Stormbreaker. Uh, One thing that will always hold a special place in my heart is that this feud started on Fightful. When Kenny Omega (laughs) was out with an injury, I got hit up and somebody said, hey, would you be interested in interviewing Kenny Omega? And I'm like, what kind of question is that? You tell me what time and I'll interview Kenny Omega. Obviously. Just one of the greatest wrestlers ever. But, you know. Yeah. Just tell me what time it is and I'll be there. And... We did this interview, and Omega just starts burying Will Ospreay. And it was very much the, like, the I remember my first beer type of thing, but with five-star matches. And then he goes, he goes, let me dig myself out of this hole. I feel like this will make some bad headlines. And then he buries him even more. It was amazing. <laughs> and I tell him during this interview, I'm like, Kenny, you know this is going to be the headline." You know it's going to be the headline. And that's when he's like, oh, maybe I was too hard on the guy. And then afterwards, he's giggling like a little girl after after the interview. And I could tell how excited he was for this. This is when he hadn't really talked to anybody for the better part of seven, eight months. And I had the, the good fortune of interviewing Will Ospreay a couple times. And the interesting part about that is I don't think that Kenny really believes the things he says about Will Ospreay. But I believe that Will Ospreay believes everything that he says about Kenny Omega. He doesn't think that Kenny Omega was tough enough to make it through the pandemic in New Japan with the clap crowds or any crowds. He talks very openly about the the mental anguish that he goes through during that period and how emotional he got even through the presser and all that stuff. Like last year during like ahead of Wrestle Kingdom or this year. He got so emotional. And then a couple months ago, when I asked Osprey about that match, he's like, man, I'm glad that you loved it. I'm glad that you think it's great. But that match was 80% of him kicking the living shit out of me, and I don't really like it that much. And he's like, next time, I'd like to kick the shit out of Kenny Omega. And he did an awful lot. Uh, the Tiger Driver 91, Phil, what goes through your mind when the mat is going through Kenny Omega's mind? This was uh, after we had already seen this crazy false finish. I thought the match was over. After Don introduces the screwdriver again, and we get the we get the false finish, I was like, okay, how are we going to end this match? And then we go through this sequence of moves that gets us to this Tiger Driver. So when he finally lands it, I like jumped out of my seat, and I was like, oh, my God, I think he's dead. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are we doing? I think, the ref thought he, I think the ref thought he was dead, Phil. Did you see the ref being like, are you sure you want to get your shoulder up right now? 
Yeah, I, I, I was very surprised that he kicked out of that because I was like, what? <laughs> there, there were several spots in this match like that. Uh, there was a spot where Osprey tried to go for an Oz cutter and took a V trigger right to the back of his head. I was just like, we're getting up after that? Okay. <laughs> so where do you stand? Because, you know, there, you know what there's going to be. There's going to be a lot of faux outrage of, yes. oh, don't do these moves. The way I always look at it is these are pro wrestlers. They're pro wrestlers, man. I, I mean, no matter what it is. Britt Baker or uh, Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo fall off a ladder through tables. People are going to be like, oh, my, that's, that's so dangerous. Chelsea Green was a stunt woman. She knows what she's doing. Kenny Omega is a professional wrestler who's been doing this for 20 years. It's of my opinion, he knows what he's doing. If he wants to take that calculated risk and he wants to stretch his neck out for four weeks before this match to prepare for it, I mean, secret guys, this wasn't an unplanned spot. These two specifically go over their matches heavily. I heard about how how in-depth it was ahead of Wrestle Kingdom. They knew what they were doing, but that doesn't mean I wasn't surprised to see it. Where where do you stand on that side of the fence? Are you of one of those where you're like, eh, can't do that? Or are you like, hell, they're pros. Let's do it. Um, You could definitely tell the people on the timeline that don't watch a lot of New Japan matches. I'll say that because having watched a lot of New Japan, we've seen a lot of very crazy spots in, involving somebody landing on their neck or their head and i mean even when you look at kenny omega's career in general throughout some of the matches he's been he's taken some crazy bumps on his head or high on his neck so this felt like par for the course for a new japan match this was a very new japan match in my opinion and so i didn't understand kind of the uproar about it because we've seen this before i mean i don't know if people remember that uh that Naito match with Ibushi from from the G1 Supercard, where it was just like who can who can land the hardest on their neck that night, <laughs> and it was it's an insane match, but it was wildly entertaining. I like I said, this didn't this didn't really bother me. It's wrestling. I mean, I don't know. Uh, some unfortunate news coming out of the scrum: Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson has a fractured forearm, six to eight weeks. I do wonder what this will mean for blood and guts, but we will talk about that momentarily. Vasco says, lost it after Omega kicked out at one match of the year again. Auntie Collins says, shout out to Kevin Kelly telling those New Japan stories. That's the benefit of having him on commentary as well. Uh, Jorge Saldivar says, Kenny and Osprey are one and one A best in-ring performers right now, and the next best is a distant third. I wouldn't argue with that. I, I think they're my two favorites to watch right now. James Stallings says, what's up, guys? Love the pay-per-view. Osprey Omega is my favorite match ever. Might be the greatest match I've ever seen. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, I think to say greatest match ever, for me, I, for me, I don't personally say that, but I will say favorite match ever. And maybe recency bias, I don't know, but we'll see how it holds up. Jamal says that they put on the greatest ever, though. Matt Moonrider says, best Canada flag moment since HBK. Sorry, Canada. Osprey says it wasn't a planned spot. I love it. This ruled. Osprey grabs a Canadian flag and does the full Sean thing. This guy, you want to talk about people who adapt to US TV very well or, or uh, you know, the American Canadian style TV. Phil, this stuff 
was right up that alley. And we drew the parallels between the elite and punk HBK Brett 97. This fit right in with that, but with a different ingredient, that was such a great spot. And Omega was really smart to turn it around too. Yeah. I thought, uh, I thought those kids were great as well. I thought them, (laughs) I I thought them not having it the entire time with Osprey. I don't know if that was the same kid that was yelling at MJF throughout that match. (laughs) Whoever that kid was was also great. Um, in a spot where he's just like, I'm better than you, and he's like, he's taunting the he- he's taunting the heck out of him, and that kid's just like, Nah, you're a coward. And I was like, Yeah, I was like, Get him, <laughs> get him. Uh, so, but not that they got the flag too, which I love. I love yes, that they got yes. they got handed the flag that did not belong to them. So that some guys in the crowd that's like, it's got an awful lot of blood on it, got an awful lot of DNA. That eBay price just shot through the roof. Come yeah. on, kids. I think you got to <laughs> let the kids keep it, though. It's like a baseball, man. Like, if, if you catch a home run, Paul, you got to give it to the kid. You got to let the kid have it. Yeah, and I thought that was a good baby face moment for uh, for Omega as well, who, for my money, is now the the hottest baby face in the company. Like, I don't think anybody is is on his level in terms of popularity. The, the matches he's had this year, nah, I think he's he's – He's my pick to beat MJF at this point. Brent Lockman says Omega kicking out of the screwdriver spot is the loudest thing I've ever heard. And I've seen Motorhead four times. Uh, Mac from BK says didn't watch the Wrestle Kingdom match, but Omega Osprey is my match of the year. Please go back and watch it too. It was, it was incredible. And I love it because it was sort of each guy winning on the other's turf, even though, you know, Kenny's from a different part of Canada. He's based here. Osprey's based in Japan. I thought that was great. Ben Baker says, love the show, but would have had Okada Danielson in the Omega Osprey slot. The Osprey match drained my energy so much. Thoughts on the match order. I understand it. You've got, I mean, I would have personally, I would have done Omega Osprey because I saw the Wrestle Kingdom match, but you've got a guy who is, main evented multiple WrestleManias or headlined to WrestleMania. You have a guy who has main evented a whole bunch of Wrestle Kingdoms and they are facing each other in an AEW ring. I I get it, but I would have had this headline. How how do you feel? How were you feeling heading into this, Phil? Uh I I think the match order makes sense. I mean I think given the finish of this match, I could see why it probably should have went on last. But I also think that a lot of people thought Ibushi was showing up tonight. I didn't ever think Ibushi was showing up. And I think moving it to the second to last match on the card was kind of a way to alleviate this thought that it was going to be Ibushi. Um, Especially when Don came back out. Uh but again, given the finish of this match, I could see why it probably should have went on last. And especially also given the finish to the main event. Yeah. Well, we I think the, the fractured forearm is probably a reason for that. But we'll find out more on that. FightfulSelect.com, guys. Best $5 in the business. Stay tuned. I'm going to shill that later on. But Jorge Saldivar says, let's not forget the Omega Vikingo match uh, at Triple Mania in three weeks. Oh, my God. What a summer. And Omega says, love this match, like the first one more, but only because of the Don ref stuff. Yeah, why the hell was Don allowed back out there? He got booted out. Yeah. Why was he allowed out there to begin with? Come on, man. You got to, come on, uphold your uphold your ruling, man. Red Shoes would have never let that happen. 
I feel like it would have been better if Don just didn't show up at the start to begin with yeah, and then came out. Because then, like, in the middle of this banger, it's like, oh, here he is, this son of a bitch. Uh, but, yeah, that screwdriver spot was great. Also, Will Ospreay licking the blood after he and Ugh. Omega had both bladed. And then they chanted, you sick fuck. And he goes, yup. Just outstanding. Yeah. He looked outstanding. incredible, by the way. That, that close-up of him, get him up, getting off the ground with the blood dripping all over his face. He looked like a complete psycho. Um and it definitely fit the story of the match because he was the aggressor for most of this match. He was bringing the fight to Omega the entire fight. Um, really, really great stuff. I don't think we give him enough credit for how well he's transitioned from being a junior heavyweight to a legitimate heavyweight. Like his, like the 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 feet to strength stuff he did in this match were just insane. And then he still managed to hit him with some flippy stuff too. Just really, really good. There are so many parallels between Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. Like, you look back at Kenny Omega when he took the reins from AJ Styles. If you go back and you listen to some Scoopster podcasts back then, you're going to hear people say, I don't know if Kenny Omega is the guy. And I looked at him and I was like, well, very clearly he's got to bulk up. And he did. And he changed his style accordingly. Will Ospreay has been very outspoken about that. But look at where where they were in 2019 compared to where they are now. Like uh, Kenny Omega was facing Hiroshi Tanahashi in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. This year, uh, Osprey was was looking to do that as well. Like, like to he wanted to put on a prime match like that. And back then, Will Osprey was facing Kota Ibushi for the Never Openweight Championship. Like to see where their careers have just like paralleled and around the same ages, they've done very similar things. Mm -hmm. It's very cool to see. James Stalling says, imagine Osprey Omega in front of 60,000 at all in. It has to happen. So, I mean, the first one is in Japan where they both made a name. The second one was in Canada where Omega is beloved. I would love it if they did. I mean, also, that's a match that everybody is going to want to see at Wembley now. I, I think they had plans for Takeshita. I don't. Sorry, do that the next weekend. So do that in <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Got to do this one in in London now. Oh man, now, guys! Reminder: We had a bunch of scoops over on FightfulSelect.com about tonight. Thunder Rosa was at the show. Christian Cage healed the crowd with Luchasaurus. Uh, we're told that Tony Storm was fine after she got her nose busted open as well. Uh, we had uh, some of the alternate plans for Lawler and Cole. All that on FightfulSelect.com. We'll tell you a little bit more about that shortly. Uh, Omega says, Will Ospreay barely being able to fight in the first was uh, such a good story. Osprey just, he's such... These two guys do not get the credit for selling that they deserve because... You will see so many people that will just not watch the match and swear that they can't sell. Watch, just watch the match, guys. Just watch the match. Correct yourself. Adam Weller says, not big on New Japan, so I wasn't sure I'd buy this show. Okada Bryan was my main motive, but Osprey Omega is what had me watch until 5 a.m. UK. What a show. Well, my friend, I hope you're able to sleep, and I'll tell you what, I'll be able to tonight. Thanks to helixsleep.com slash fightful. Over the next week, I'm going to be missing my helix bed. I'm headed to a hotel and I am not going to have 
this wonderful bed that I was able to get through helixsleep.com slash Fightful. But here's the deal. I got it before it was even helixsleep.com slash Fightful. Because after I bought a Helix Sleep mattress, I hit them up and I was like, man, I'd love to work with you guys. This has helped change my life. It's helped uh, make my sleep more versatile. And they said, let's do it. So here's what happened. It was the pandemic. I needed a new mattress. I was sleeping on a slab of memory foam. I found Helix. And I found them. As I looked up highest rated mattresses, I found reviews from GQ, Wired, Good Housekeeping, all that. And then the hundreds or the, the, the dozens of thousands of five-star reviews that they had. And I took an online quiz that matched me to the mattress just for me. Now, they've got mattresses of all kinds. Ones that keep you cool, ones that align your spine. They even have ones for plus-size sleepers. And right now, when you use the code FIGHTFUL at helixsleep.com slash FIGHTFUL, you get 25% off any purchase for a limited time. And two free dream pillows, which is a $150 value. I've mentioned this in the past. I've had concussion issues, broke my neck. Finding the right pillow is tough. And this pillow was also great for me as well. So now I'm getting a more versatile night's sleep because I got matched up with the Dusk Lux model. I was able to start sleeping on my back and my side instead of just my side. As a result, I get a longer night's sleep. It was so worth it. It was worth investing in my sleep. They've got great financing plans, a lot of cool options, and it's delivered straight to your door. If you don't like it, after 100 nights, you can send it back. They'll come pick it up. Helixsleep.com slash Fightful. Don't settle for an average mattress. They have comfort designed for everybody, no matter what you look like, how big you are, how small you are, man, woman, child, doesn't matter. They got mattresses all over the place, a 10 to 15-year warranty, and free U.S. shipping. Like I said, they also have financing and payment plans available. Helixsleep.com slash FIFO. If you got a Helix Sleep mattress, let us know in the chat below. Uh, I mentioned earlier, NordVPN is the sponsor that I use the most when I'm awake. This is the other one. I mean... About 16 hours of my day, at least, I'm using Helix and NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Ricardo says, our own Chicago Phil. How you doing? SRS, stay ready. What the hell does that mean? Stay ready. Well, stay ready for what? What did I do? I don't know what that means. Am I going to get jumped by some cowboy-looking dude in London? Like, what? Stay ready for what? I don't get it. We got some uh, <laughs> meth Rollins. Oh, man. Uh, Tony Storm said that her loss to Forbidden Door, uh, Forbidden Door to Thunder Rosa was the most embarrassing moment of her life. Damn. Damn. Will yeah. Osprey says he has a lot of anxiety. He's never felt like the world's eyes are on him like there have been with the Omega matches and says that he probably didn't cope with it very well. That's something that we've seen. Like, I think we have witnessed Will Osprey and mature a lot as a human being over the last couple of years as he's sort of come to grips with the amount of fame and attention that he's getting. I think he is handling it a lot better than he used to. And I think that Phil's internet is coming to grips with its fame right now. We've also got uh, <laughs> Osprey saying that the Canadian flag spot was not planned. We'll see if we can get Phil back here. There he is. He's back. He's back now. But speaking of back, it's like Brian Danielson will be back in about six to eight weeks. Uh, he says that he wants to face Okada again and break his arm because he loves wrestling so much. The worst thing you can do is take it away from him. 
broke his arm. That is unfortunate. We're going to lead into that, but he fractured it with about 10 minutes to go in the match. Well, let's talk about what happened about 10 minutes before the match started, Phil. Tony paid for the final countdown, and word emerged this week that it might be more of a possibility. Uh, Ashe says, I had moist eyes, didn't cry, but still, when Kenny and Okada lost, respectfully. Uh, but the final countdown, positively loved the live show and said on TV. The final countdown, man, that one that one gave me chills when I heard that, Phil. Yeah. Ah, uh, what a what a great touch. And I mean it's just such with I mean, I know we we put over how great uh Omega and Osprey was, but I felt like him coming out to final countdown was just such a nice way to put a ball in the show. It was just such a great moment. Um I mean, by the way, didn't talk about how how great Osprey's interest was as well. The oh, video yeah. package that that air for it going with elevated again really cool i thought that was real the the entrance stuff was on point tonight they used the right stuff from new japan on these shows and also i thought it was very important that they gave you the history of osprey and omega but going final countdown i saw somebody say tony could have signed edge or got music and he got music Listen, <laughs> like listen. Up until now, I think it was the right decision. We can do we can do Edge and Christian versus FTR next year or something. We didn't need the last few years of him. Uh, Sean Douglas says Danielson seemed to hurt his hand, didn't he? Well, he did. He fractured his forearm. This was a good match that I feel like was prevented from being a great match because of that injury. And it's hard for me to cast judgment on it because of that. A broken forearm changes an awful lot of things. Again, I still think it was a good match. I think it was also a victim of unfortunate placement. And I think they know what should close the show at all in now. I don't think if they do Osprey Omega, ain't nothing going on like after that now. They they know better. But yeah. The crowd saw an all-time great match, and unfortunately what they saw in the main event was two incredible performers and one that broke his arm part the way through. Yeah. I, I think that uh, <laughs> we got a spoil of so many great matches on this card that it made this match kind of like a disappointment because it didn't live up to the rest of the card, and it definitely didn't quite live up to the hype that we had all imagined this match to be after all this time, and how great the build to it was. Um, but I think it was still a very good match. It just, I think if it went a few minutes longer, it could have been better, but I still think it was good. Um, and as somebody that has broken their forearm, very painful. Uh, you don't really know until you've done it before, like how much you, you, you rotate your arm that way. Like if I'm assuming he broke it where I broke my forearm, very very painful <laughs> very painful break like and they say six to eight weeks like beyond that that's before you can resume normal activity how long yeah. after that like you did you personally just even mentally be like is it okay for me to do this yeah it took it took me forever to get to the point of bending my arm again comfortably 
But again, this is a guy that's wrestled forever. He's he's gone through a, a bunch of injuries. He'll be fine. That was the first time I've ever broken anything in my entire life. So I was more in a panic because of it. Of course. <laughs> cool. But I, I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, this match was good. I, I think the entrance was, was fantastic. I think Okada getting the entrance with Okada Bucks this time around was also great. Um, this definitely made those guys look like big stars coming out. Um, there are a bunch of spots in here I absolutely loved. Um, we'll never get tired of seeing Okada do a drop kick. <laughs> um, oh my the Bucyco God. spots in this were great. Uh, just, so, just There's so many good things. And I mean, Okada tapped. I think there's like, I was so stunned That's that this crazy. man actually tapped out. Like, I was like, what? I, I, like, mean, I, I thought, around, like, that can't be the end of the match. I thought Okada was going to win the match. Like, I thought that because. Let's be real. Okay, FightfulSelect.com, best $5 in the business, reported recently that Danielson was working banged up. It ain't a secret. We just reported what most people knew. Mm-hmm. We got the confirmation because we're not allowed to assume. He ain't been on. He ain't been wrestling. He hasn't been brawling lately. And he, he broke his arm, unfortunately, and they went to that. He did confirm at the, the post-show scrum. It did alter his plans, but still a, a blast. Also, it was a blast to watch all three guys try to get those Okada bucks out of the ring. Bryce Remsburg keeps trying to sweep them out. Okada keeps trying to grab them and throw them out of the ring. It was great because they don't want to slip on those either. And then it ended up being something <laughs> completely different. Uh, yeah. Matthew, uh, Matthew plus says uh, the match was fine. Kenny and Will should have main evented, but Jason Parolo says Danielson Okada match. Loved it. Danielson is the greatest wrestler in the world by a mile. I love that there are like several people on this show that people are like, no, they're the greatest in the world. They're the greatest in the world because this was a collection of that. Yeah. I mean, when else are we going to get a collection of talent that includes CM Punk, Okada, Brian, Osprey, Omega, Young Bucks? I mean, just an insane amount of talent on this card. I mean, and again, Okada tapped at the end of this match. Like, I don't, think some people understand how big of a deal it is this man has not tapped out since 2015 yep that that is i know it's a it's a huge deal uh and zach saber jr uh people have been asking about him and danielson danielson says well worked him early in my career i want to work him but he mentions other people he wants to work will osprey uh said he wants to work omega again because they haven't done the second one says that he got to work a few matches with punk but wants to do that again samoa joe Darby, Orange Cassidy. So working banged up, but it doesn't look like he's wrapping it up anytime soon. Like to me, if he signed a three-year deal in 2021, that seems like more of a year's worth than a year's worth of angles here. And they've already got him right in collision now. The guy's doing collision. Yeah. Oh man, I love it. Yeah, I, I I definitely felt like at the end of this match, we're going to get a rematch at some point. I don't know where, maybe Tokyo Dome. Maybe shows of a Wrestle Kingdom next year. I don't know, but I definitely think we'll get a rematch. Macho Man Randy Salad says, when should we see Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr.? I think that would be, that'll definitely be a future Forbidden Door match. Eventually, they got to do one of these in Japan, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. Ryan McDonald says, Okada versus Dragon was beautiful, and I feel just the beginning. Uh, T.O. turned into a new Japan crowd for it. Not a lot of noise, but everyone paid attention. Yeah, it was definitely a different kind of match than what we saw earlier, so I thought that was a cool approach. Bizarro Big L says, watch the theater tonight, and everyone popped insanely. 
So I watched um, Double or Nothing in Jacksonville when they first got back and they had the stadium stampede. It was basically everybody watching it on the big screens, and it was really cool. It kind of made me want to check it out at a theater in the future. But he says, think Osprey Omega should have made a event, but the fact that Brian finished the match with a broken arm is insane. Goat love, all the callback themes. I yelled when the final countdown came up. Yeah, just an insane amount of respect for Brian Danielson for that. And the fact that Okada was like, you know what? Even if with the change plan, even with the adjustment, I'm going to hit the tap, tap, tap because he could have just been like, nope, let's, let's just do a pin. Let's do that. Or yeah. said, let's just change the finish, brother. Let's just do one of those, and I'll hit you with the, the old Rainmaker, which is what I thought was happening. Who did you have winning this as you went into the match? I thought Okada was going to win this, but I think the beauty of bringing Okada in when he's not champion is that you could do something unpredictable like this. And I thought that this was a shocking finish. And if we do get a rematch, it's such a good way to build to it. I Again, yeah, that's the thing. Even though it's very clearly not the way the match was supposed to go, I mean, maybe the finish was the same. I love that that was the finish because that's something we just never see. As you mentioned, it's been like eight years since that's happened. But... um, we're gonna see this match again. I'm sure in the future they're gonna they're yeah. gonna do it right, or they're gonna do it again. But yeah, I mean there were some pretty brutal spots outside too, like the tombstone on the floor and Vicey on the floor. Like that stuff was so so good. Uh, guys, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. Um, man, another thing mentioned uh, on commentary they put over that Okada tapped out to not sacrifice his aspirations for the G1, which is a mm. great, a great thing. I love that as well. That's really good. Uh, Bugs Bunny says, bought the show for the main events. Worth it. Eloquent says, just left the show. Best live show I've ever seen. Ah, uh, and he said that, uh, <laughs> Brian Danielson said he was angry before this match about something unrelated to wrestling, but getting the final countdown cheered him up. That, that, that just makes me happy to see. That makes me happy to see. I'll tell you what makes me happy to see. All you wonderful people here. And here's what I want all you wonderful people to do this week. Go tell this guy happy birthday on the 30th. His birthday's coming up. I'm going to be <laughs> in London. There's a good chance. I, it'll be like probably 4 a.m. wherever you are when I'm telling you happy birthday. So everybody make sure you swing by. Tell Phil happy birthday this week. He was under the weather this week, still did Grapsity, uh, also came here and joined us. Phil, I want to thank you so much, and uh, tell the people where they can find you and what you're up to. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at PhilDL616. Um, what am I up to? I am recording Grapsity with my co-host, Righteous Reg, every Saturday at noon Eastern on Fightful's YouTube channel. You can also catch us doing Axe Grapsity every other week on uh, Fightful Select. Uh, you can find my writing at Bleach Report. Make sure you guys check it out. Phil does uh, such incredible work. Uh, make sure you guys do that. Now, I am going to London tomorrow, but we're still here every day, every night. And I posted this on FightfulSelect.com. Uh, this is a rarity where I've actually got a bunch of scoops kind of pre-written. We've got a bunch of stuff on Fightful Select this week. I'm going to be on the scene doing a lot of money in the bank news, a lot of interviews, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, But on FightfulSelect.com this week, 
In addition to the 40 podcasts a month that we have, I'm talking pay-per-view preview shows, review shows, retro reviews, Q&A shows. Uh, Phil and Reg have uh, Ask Grapsity this week as well. This week on Fightful Select, we're going to have something that's sort of a WWE signing. We're going to have news on an act that WWE has been ecstatic about and specifically why. News on Brian Danielson and AEW Creative. Uh, how WWE tried to prevent some last-minute changes, especially with Vince. Uh, some AEW contract news. Some news on Dakota and EO Sky. Some news on A Steel's deal with AEW, which is a very controversial one. Some Braun Breaker NXT news. Also a note on Rick Steiner. That will actually be a free story. Uh, news on a recent firing from AEW, as well as a lot more. That's just in addition to the things that pop up and happen, including some wild shit that might go down tomorrow ahead of Raw. I just got a feeling. I just got a feeling, guys. But uh, I want to thank you all so much for coming and hanging out with us late at night. The Tony Khan part of the scrum is starting right now, so you can guys go. You can check that out. Go check out Joel Pearl and Kate's coverage of the show they are there live until next time guys we're out save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.